0: Welcome to the Planet Football Podcast. I'm Grant Wall, and our guest today is Dennis Crowley. Dennis is the co-founder of the technology company Foursquare, and he also has a new startup, the Kingston Stockade, a fourth division NPSL soccer team based in the Hudson Valley, about 100 miles north of where we are right now in New York City at the Foursquare offices. Dennis is all about startups, and we are going to talk about what that's like in the world of U.S. soccer, thanks for joining me, Dennis. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be a part of this. I'm fired up for this because uh, I find you fascinating in, in what you're doing uh, with the stockade. Uh, how did this idea come about? What is it?
1: Yeah. So the idea was um, you know, came about probably a little bit more than a than a year ago. A little bit more than than um, you know, maybe back to last last June. And, you know, I've been playing on a club soccer team in the city with some friends, and we were thinking, you know, what would have to happen in the world for our team to, you know, end up playing, say, the Red Bulls? Right? <laughs> is, that, is that even possible? And we knew about the Open Cup, but we didn't know about qualifying. We didn't, you know, it wasn't as well-versed on all things pro-rel um, as, I, as I am now. Um, but, you know, looking at some of the history, you know, you're just starting to see that some of these clubs have started from scratch. Mm-hmm. And our thinking was, well, why don't we just start a club from scratch? And why don't we try to put it in an area where we think that people would love it, up in the, up in the Hudson Valley, where you know, people are regularly commuting, you know, an hour or two hours in to see an NYCFC game. Uh, and if we did that, we're, would we be able to draw fans? Would we, would we be able to get people to get really excited about it, whether they were soccer fans or not? Um, and so, you know, instead of just talking about it, we kind of got to work and just started building it and it took us about a year to get the club off the ground and we just had our first season, uh, this past season.
0: Okay. So what did all of this involve to get something started from the ground up like this? Yeah, it, well, it was, it was tough. Like there's not a lot of
1: material online. When you Google, how do you start a soccer club from scratch? You don't really get a lot. Um, and so I started reaching out to you know some of the clubs that we we knew of and we admired in the in the NPSL. This was you know Chattanooga, um, as well as uh, you know Detroit City, mm-hmm. and was able to get some of those guys on the phone and say, hey, how did you how did you guys do this from scratch? Like, what did it, what did it look like? What did it cost? Um, you know, how long did it take? And from there, uh, we just you know we just started putting the pieces together. You make a list of the. You know, 100 things that need to get done, you know, get a field, get some sponsors, buy some kits, get some gear, make some stickers, make some shirts, find a coach, do some tryouts. You know, there's a, a laundry list of it. And as we were putting this all together, we were thinking, you know, we should, we should be as open as we can about this process mm-hmm. in a way that will make it easier for people to do this next time. You know, so okay. the next person that comes along and types, how do I start a soccer club from scratch into Google, they shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't start from zero. They should be able to leverage all the work that we did. Which is why I wrote that big long blog post. There's two it? of them now, right? There's Two of them now. Yeah, we wrote one right before the beginning of the season, which is, mm-hmm. hey, we're about to do this crazy thing. Let me tell you how the story came along. Um, you know, stay tuned. I'll let you know how it works out. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote another long post, longer. I think it was like 15 or 16 pages in, in <laughs> Google Docs, right? <clears throat> of like, here's every single piece of data that we got from the season. Mm-hmm. You know, how many tickets do we sell? You know, how much do the sponsorships cost? How many? you know, women's medium shirts sold on the day that it rained, you know, um, any data that we had, we put out there in Mm -hmm. order to make it easier for people to figure out
0: how to do other clubs like this in the future. Okay. And obviously, you have experience in startups in the tech world. Mm -hmm. Now you have some experience in startups in the US soccer world. What is similar between the two worlds? What is different?
1: Yeah, I mean the the there's obvious differences, of course, right? We you know with software, we're just making things on the internet and putting it right. out there. With um, you know with the club, it's a lot of physical work. There's a lot of physical goods and in, in putting people together. But at the end of the day, you're just you're building teams. Um, and you know here at Foursquare, we build the team of engineers and management folks and sales team and BD people and you know, for, for Stockade, you have to build, you literally build a team, you build, you know, you're getting, you're getting, you know, 18, 18 players on the roster, um, you know, holding tryouts instead of doing interviews, basically, you know, we were interviewing coaches and building a coaching staff. Mm -hmm. We went out, and we found like a scouting staff, basically, Mm -hmm. we had a volunteer staff. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just building a different type of, of organization. You know, one of the things, there's definitely a ton of, you know, things that we've learned, and I think things I've gotten good at with Foursquare that applied directly um, to doing Stockade. Mm. And one of them is just being like being super transparent, like telling people, what are you doing? And why are you doing it? And what has to happen this week? And what has to happen by the end of the month? And then, you know, doing a good job of telling that story externally. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we've been trying to do um, you know, I feel like with Stockade, we're kind of following the blueprint that made Foursquare successful over the last, you know, five to seven years.
0: Okay. So this team is in the Hudson Valley. Why did you start a team in the Hudson Valley, and how did you pick the name Kingston Stockade? Yeah.
1: So, um, you know, we we got kind of we got bit by the bug to to do this. Uh, you know, uh, what, what was it? Beginning of last summer, last last June or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's. It's, it just seemed like it, it's impossible to do anything in in New York City you never mm-hmm. get a field you'll never get the permits never get the permission and we almost gave up on it and then you know my wife and I have a, a house up in um uh, just outside of Kingston and we mm-hmm. split our time we just had a, a baby daughter and she's super cute right and thank you and you know we've been splitting our time between New York and Kingston and the eventual goal is to be up there you know as much time as we possibly can And, you know, I've been playing in a a, a pickup league up there, like a Sunday league, and there's super talented players. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's tons of collegiate programs. You see people all the time walking around with, um, you know, with Premier League shirts and different, you know, European shirts or jerseys kits. And it was just it just kind of clicked. It's like we could we could do this up here. And then I started looking at fields and realized there's you know there's a stadium in Kingston, walking distance to the you know to the uptown district, which is really it's you know it's used for for high school football, for high school American football, and people walk around the track. Mm. And so I looked into how much does it even cost to rent the field. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it was it was a couple hundred bucks. It mm. wasn't prohibitively expensive. Um, and you know, it's like be, we looked we looked at like you know, early in the early days of it should it be the Hudson Valley team should it be the Catskills team and then you know like I've become really kind of fascinated with Kingston that's going through this awesome you know revival uh, right now and I think this this there's all this awesome creative energy in the Hudson Valley mm-hmm. and Kingston in general and it's like let's just let's do it here let's do something great for the town let's you know let's put the town on the map so to speak um, and then you know the town has uh, has all this amazing historical significance, like going going back to being like you know one of the early capitals of New York. Mm-hmm. You know it was um, it was a, a you know a Dutch fort way back in the days. It's been burned by the British a couple times, uh, and the, the stockade uh, is a reference to the stockade fence. This is literally like they used to cut down logs and stand them up vertically and protect the, you know, protect the city. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, that's what you end up seeing in the, in the crest of the club as well. It's, it's pretty sweet. It's cool. It's great. We, we worked with some amazing designers and, um, you know, they're friends of ours and they helped us come up with a lot of this. And so, you know, we had so many people pitching in to help make this thing work.
0: And uh, I've started seeing <clears throat> the badge around town.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, I, it's funny. I get people tweet at me and, and tag me in Instagram posts or it's like, Hey, I ran into someone in the airport in London, and we're both wearing Stockade hats. I'm like, how is how is this happening? You know, because I'm looking, I, like, I have the merchandise numbers in front of me. I know, like, okay, we sold a couple hundred hats, but to see some of the hats get together in a mall or like at an NYCFC game, and you know what we've been hearing from people is, you know, if you, you know, if someone's wearing a scarf, at, say like an MLS game, a, a Stockade scarf at yeah. an MLS game, and they see someone else with a Stockade. Um, Uh, You know, some some kind of gear on. They are one hundred percent gonna go up to that person and be like, "Hey, I've never even seen a match, but I love what this club is doing." And that, like, that's that's kind of what we're trying to do, right? Mm -hmm. It's like because we're very self-aware. We know that we're, you know, we know that we're in the fourth division. Um, You know, we played in 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 terms of the pyramid. Um, You know, we. uh, we finished middle of the table. We, we had a, a great season, but like, you know, it wasn't like we were making a playoff run in, in our first mm-hmm. season. But we're trying to tell the story of, listen, we want to build this club from scratch. We want it to stand for something. We want it to stand for like opening up the system and for giving you know, lower-level clubs a chance to compete at the top. And there's all this work that has to be done, but if we all chip in, maybe we can make a difference. And that's, that's what we want the club to stand for. And I think that's starting to resonate with people a little bit.
0: That opens a lot to talk about. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, it's great. I mean, this is why we're here. From um, a merchandise perspective, though, you actually <clears throat> made some decent revenue off that in this past year, and and you should also tell listeners how you can get. Some merchandise oh, that, the, if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the background music plays and I go into the Stockade merchandise store
1: uh, voice. No, we have a website, uh, stockadefc.com. Uh, and there's, an, there's a store on the website. You can go and order jerseys and you can order t-shirts and you can order hats. And they make great holiday gifts for people. <laughs> we'll have season tic- next year's season tickets on sale. And mm-hmm. you know, even if you don't plan on coming to a match, you can buy one and, and support the club. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's been great. No, we did we did uh, we did very well with merchandise this year, selling selling some online and then selling a ton at the at the matches. So, mm-hmm. you know, our matches this year, um, you know, before the season, I thought we'd get I don't know, 100, 200 people showing mm-hmm. up at the matches. Maybe if we get super lucky, one of the games will break 500 fans. Um but then, even the first two games that we had, there was more than 800 people showed up at each. Nice. And we're looking at the stands like, oh my gosh, like, this is this is gonna work. Like this is this is really gonna. Um, we we might ap- we might be able to get to the point where the club gets close to breaking even in in the first season. Um, and you know, then we started to see, you know, the, the crowds got a little bit bigger. We got very close to breaking a thousand fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think next year uh, we'll be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And you know, looking at um, you know this big long blog post that I wrote. Um, at the end of the season, was designed to kind of walk people through. Hey, this is this is how our this is how the financial model for our club worked. It was a mix of sponsorships and ticket sales, game day tickets and season tickets, as well as merchandise. And so we tried to break it down as clearly as possible for people. Um, so you know they could see okay if i'm if i'm trying to do this club in my town outside of phoenix for example right. uh, what what can i expect and and what what is realistic and, and how could and how could this actually end up looking
0: so what type of an investment <coughs> how much money did it require and, and how much did the first season costs match your expectations
1: yeah so i um it's, i have the numbers right in front of me here i pulled it up on the, on the blog post so i would have it um, you know, I thought we'd be able to do the whole club um, this season for about $50,000. Mm. And, you know, my thesis was like, you know, there's there's probably four or five big ticket items that cost $10,000 each. And I use the analogy of like, think of it like, you know, you're planning a wedding. You have to write a big check for the band and for the venue and for the caterer. That's the way that we were thinking about mm-hmm. it. And we we were off. The club actually ended up costing about $82,000 to run, which which is a lot more than we expected. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because the big ticket items were a little bit more expensive. Transportation and hotels was more expensive, fields, especially practice fields were more expensive. Okay. Um, but also we, we did better than we expected in terms of, you know, sponsorship and merchandise hmm. and, and tickets. So looking at it here, like merchandise accounted for about 50, a little bit more than 50% of the revenue that we took in. Hmm. Uh, tickets was about uh, 35% and sponsorship was around 10%. Okay. Um, and, you know, with that, we, we ended up being uh, we, we didn't end up breaking even this year. Um, we ended up um, being about what, I think it was like $16,000 shy, which is which is a lot of money. Um, but at the same time, like in terms of the overall operating budget, it's, you know, it's like 15, 16% of it. Mm-hmm. So when I look at where we are next year and, you know, I, I do a lot of budging stuff for Foursquare, so I'm, right. i kind of have my head in this world a little bit. I'm like, we're only 15, 16% off on our very first year. Like we should be able to, you know, a hundred percent get to break even if not next season, then within a season after that. Right. And so, you know, there's a stigma with, um, with, you know, I think there's a stigma with any professional sports, especially with lower level soccer, of like, oh, you know, there's no way to make this thing work. It's just a hobby. You're just lighting money on fire. And, um, you know, one of the things we set out to do is say, no, this is like, you can make a real business here and you know if you can if you can show people how to make a real business out of it and if you can turn a lot of these lower level clubs into sustainable you know kind of long term things that are generating revenue so they can invest back in the clubs and the players and youth programs uh, and you can do that across you know 10 or 20 or 50 or 100 different clubs in the US you could actually make some meaningful changes in terms of the lower levels of the of the uh, uh, you know of the of the pyramid and maybe even that affects you know all of U.S. Um, soccer in general all the way up to the national team mm-hmm. and that I mean it's part of that's crazy talk like can the idea that something that we're doing in the fourth division can affect you know what happens on the field with the national team say five or ten years from now
0: but it's not I mean it's not that crazy right so I mean this is. A fascinating conversation, Jimmy, because the U.S., as you know, unlike a lot of other countries that have an open pyramid where performance on the field can send you up divisions and down divisions, the pyramid – there is a pyramid here, but it's closed. Yes. There's no
1: way for a, for a team in our level to get in, and say, um, the NPSL or D4 – to get up to D3 or USL. I mean, the only way would be for us to decide, you know, we don't want to be in this league anymore, why don't we pay the, the admission price, right. the expansion fee price to get into the USL? And so instead of it being merit-based promotion, I'm like, oh my gosh, we had such a great season on the field, we actually crushed it, we earned our way in. You know, you're just, you're, you're buying your way in. Um, and you know the thesis which I've been been writing about is you know hey we op- we did this club and we and we operated at a little bit of a loss and we think we can get to break even, but if there's no like if there's never an opportunity for our club to advance up to advance up, there, there's very little incentive for us to continue to um, aggressively invest in you know in okay getting our amateur players to be paid players to getting them to be training around the season to mm-hmm. you know year round. Um, you know, to investing heavily in infrastructure like a training academy, like why, like w- w- I'd love to be able to do that because it would help our club perform better. Mm-hmm. But like the club never earns anything from that. Like well, there's no, you know, in the in the article I refer to it as like the, this pot of gold. Like by betting, by getting, by not having a chance to get promoted, you never have a chance to. You know, compete in a bigger in a bigger market in a bigger audience. You know, you never have a chance to get a cut of, you know, sponsorship or broadcast revenue that may be associated with with a higher league. And this is how it, you know, th- this is this is how these systems work everywhere else in the world. It's just the infrastructure isn't here yet. And um, you know, going back to you know what we were talking about, like the original conversation I was having with my buddies in a bar like a year ago. Like, if, if you want that system to exist, someone just has to get to work trying to build it. Mm-hmm. And our, you know, the conversation we had was like, well, why can't, why can't we help to push that agenda forward? Well, how do we do that? Well, we're going to need a club to do that. Um, okay, well, let's, let's start the club, all right? And then let's be transparent about how we did it. And then let's rally other people to do it. Then let's people to buy, you know, let's see if we can get people to buy into our, our vision and our version of, of how this could work. So this is a movement you're hoping to it's, start. It's you know like we're we're not we're not looking at it as like we're, we're rebels in the movement but we're like this is what we want to see in the world yeah. so we're gonna go out and build it, and by telling the story you know we're running into a lot of people that are saying hey I like what you're doing like I I want to be in this league I want to be in the NPSL. I want to do a club too I want to play against you guys, um, and we didn't expect um, that that much attention or for maybe for it to happen that that quickly, but. Um, you know, I feel like we've got some momentum behind us. So let's let's see if we can keep pushing the agenda and pushing the ball forward a little bit.
0: How much communication have you had with other prospective <coughs> startup owners around the country?
1: Um, I've had a, a lot of them. When I wrote that initial post about, hey, we're going to build a club from scratch, um, you know, hey, w- watch, watch how we do it. Um, I bet you I talked to, um, you know... A, a dozen teams. And these are n- not teams, but ownership, not ownership groups, like uh, random people like us that are like, yeah. Hey, I, I like this story. My buddies and I were talking about it too. Um, can you help us get it off the ground? You were able to do it. Can you help us right. too? And you know, like I, I do this with tech startups all the time. Like I'll meet an entrepreneur for coffee or, you know sit down and look at someone's pitch deck and give them feedback on it and I'm kind of doing the same thing with with you know these other people around the country. Let's get on the phone for half an hour i'll tell you um, I'll tell you how I did it, and then you know I'll answer the twenty questions that you have and you can go on your way and you let me know how you make out. Um, now that we've put these numbers out um, and I wrote this big big post, you know I had a whole bunch of other people reach mm-hmm. out and say this is great. This is totally in line with what we were doing. Thank you for writing this. You know, this is a, this is going to help me with our blueprint for trying to get our club off the ground. And, and some of these clubs, like, you know, a lot of them, I think, aspire to be in the NPSL. I think the NPSL is a great thing going on. Right now, there's lots of really interesting brands. It's a national league. It's something like 85 teams mm. in the league. It's incredible. Um, it's a very, very interesting league. But there's also other leagues below that where people mm. are, hey, let's test our water. Uh, let's test our does that even make any sense? Let's let's kind of test our thesis out in some of these lower leagues, more regional hey. leagues, uh, and then if that works, we'll bring the team to the NPSL. Okay. Um, now what we haven't figured out is like, okay, is like, what 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 next? Like, what what happens with the eighty teams in the NPSL? How do you kind of take this this broader vision for? You know, helping clubs earn revenue and and sponsorships mm-hmm. and broadcast rights, and you know, I, I think a lot about you know, can we bring some of that to the NPSL? Mm-hmm. Can we can we help some of that? Um, and so, you know, I we um, as a, as an owner, I get to go to the. You know, there's an annual meeting every mm-hmm. year where all the teams get together, and it's in December this year. And we, Last year, we went, and we were like, oh my gosh, we're totally over our head. We have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> and this year, I'm like, hey, I can't wait to go to this thing and share everything that we learned, yeah. and then let's talk about like, what, what is a big vision for the, for the league, and how can we all work together to, to make that happen?
0: So as you know, and I know, and a lot of people <clears throat> in the U.S. know, this closed system is in place kind of for a reason, mm-hmm. uh, particularly at the top levels. Uh, the first division top flight in America is Major League Soccer. Yep. Um, which currently has gotten their expansion fees up to, I think, $110 million for LAFC.
1: Yeah, it's a lot more expensive than we can afford.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was one of my questions, because I noticed Foursquare raised a ton of money.
1: Yeah, a yeah. D- back- D- different pool <laughs> of capital. <laughs> the only different pool capital. Like,
0: what, like, true. But, like... You didn't want to like try to like get a bunch of like, like really heavy hitter financier types together and say we're going to raise a hundred million dollars for and start an MLS team in some city that doesn't have it.
1: Um, no, it, that's like because the, you know the 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 motivation wasn't like we have to be owners of a professional sports team. Mm-hmm. The like, the motivation was. I think this is a great idea, and I think we should do it in the Hudson Valley, right? In the mm-hmm. Hudson Valley, I don't know if it will will it ever support an MLS-style market. I don't know, um, but you know, cer- certainly not today. You know, I see what we're doing as a way of proving, hey, that you can actually make this stuff work in all of these smaller markets around around the country, and. You know, part of the reason we wanted to do it, especially at the lower level, was I wanted to learn how to do it. And right. I wanted to, you know, be transparent and see if we could teach other people how to do it, too, uh, to motivate other people to start the clubs. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated with how closed the system is because it just, it just seems like such an anomaly where everywhere else in the rest of the world is open. And I, I certainly understand the reasons why it's, why it's closed and how MLS is, is structured in the, in the long, what, 20-year history of, mm-hmm. of MLS. Um, but that doesn't mean that some of the lower level leagues um, under MLS that they, maybe they could be open and we could do experiments between those leagues mm-hmm. to see you know can you make a product, a product in terms of you know leagues competing with leagues um, that that people feel passionate about and maybe they feel more connection to the stockade club and their journey I and mean, our, our journey to, to rise our way up through this you know the, the lower levels. Mm-hmm. maybe they feel as strongly about that story as they do about watching NYCFC compete for a playoff spot, you know, an hour or two hours away from them. Right. Um, There's there's a lot of people in the US that live hours and hours away from an MLS club, Mm -hmm. and you know, I, I really feel that if you, can give, if, you know, if you can put local products in place for them to cheer for, like they, they, they could be more passionate about those local clubs than even some of the, the more national ones.
0: Now, what MLS <laughs> and the U.S. Soccer Federation have always said about why there's no promotion and relegation to and from MLS is how can you convince an owner to invest $100 million you know, plus a stadium – and risk then falling out of the top flight. How eventually, down the road, would you convince MLS and U.S. soccer that you need to change the system?
1: Um, well, these are these are my personal opinions, and not representative of the opinions of the league. But to be honest, I, I don't think you ever convince MLS of that. Okay. They're like, hey, you have to connect to a lower-level um, league and some of your teams could drop out of that and you know the investment you made will no longer um, you know be as valuable. I, I I just don't see that happening. You know, I if, if I can imagine a world 5, 10, 20 years out where this is a reality, I imagine an entirely different league and pyramid mm-hmm. arising and it it being a more interesting story to a lot of people compared to say the one one closed league MLS story mm-hmm. and that um, and you get a wide variety of fans that are like, "Hey, I want to follow. Like, I follow my MLS team, but I also follow my local team, mm-hmm. and my local team is is you know is on a tear right now. And so I'm actually feeling more passionate about my local team in this alternate pyramid than I am about following the MLS team that's two hours away from me. Um, and that's, I mean, that's like a, a kind of a weird picture the pain of the future I don't think a lot of people see it that way they see it as one pyramid that's all connected right. um, but I just I just don't see that happening I just don't I don't see it opening up that way and so I think the the best thing to do is to start um, kind of this this alternate pyramid in which mm. we encourage openness within it and we see if that can rival um, you know uh, the existing like, I guess d1 product
0: okay um, <clears throat> one question I have is there's a group of folks on social media very promotion-relegation-supporting on on Twitter, especially. Um, you, don't, you seem like a very pleasant guy. A lot of these promotion-relegation folks on Twitter seem very angry. Why do you think that is? And do you think that if you're trying to see the system you want eventually, that it would be better to try and persuade people with positivity than anger? Um, I
1: think... Th- you know, I think people just want the the system in the U.S. to look like the systems everywhere else. Yeah. And there's not a lot of, like, I, I I I have empathy with the people that have invested, um, you know, a ton of money over 20 years to build these franchises. And I can understand, like, we have a good thing going on at MLS. Why would we Why would we open up? Why would we want to get blocked out? I, I, I just, I can understand that. I can understand why I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and... I, you know, I think there's other folks that just d- demand that it has to open up. It has to be this way, and I don't know. Just, just from coming from like a tech startup mentality, you know, like the analogy I've used with some people is, you know, there's something that you really want to see. Like, if there's some app that you want on your phone, something that you want to do, some social network. I mean, Foursquare and our other app, Swarm, is like an example of this. You know, we wanted these things that we could use to meet up with our friends and find great things in in the city. Like, I didn't write a letter to Google and say, Google, please make this thing. Facebook, please make this Mm -hmm. thing. You know, we sat down on our kitchen table and we just made it. And it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, eventually, like, Google has to pay attention and Facebook has to pay attention and Apple pays attention. Now they're, like, customers of ours and it's great. Um, And... I, we're just doing the same thing with with soccer right instead of just sitting around and saying like it has to be this way it has to be this way it's like well it's it's it is not it's not that way right now right. so let's build the smallest piece possible and then let's go and make friends with other owners in our league in different leagues and let's see if they think the same as us and let's try to you know get on the same page about thing and maybe we put a plan together and maybe that plan goes into effect a year from two years from now um you know but it's about taking baby steps and, and making friends and building coalitions and getting a kind of a shared vision around it and uh I don't know. I think I think it's real. You see this in, in a lot of things. You know, you see it in politics, and you see it in tech, and I think you see it in, in sports and around this issue. Like, it's, it's very easy to sit on the sidelines and say, like, this is the way it is, and I'm going to be mad until it gets fixed. Right. Or you can be like, I'm going to raise my hand and do I'm going to try to do something. I don't even know if what I'm going to do is going to make a difference, but at least I'm going to I'm going to try to do something. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the approach that we're taking because that's what we've always done with
0: tech and startups, and it yeah. just seems natural. So we do have the U.S. Open Cup. Tournament in the U.S. where yep. you can <clears throat> enter the tournament or get into the tournament and compete against teams from MLS, yes, in the NASL and USL. What's your goal for your team to get into the?
1: Yeah, tournament? we we set a. Um, I'll tell you one. We went to an Open Cup match right around the time that we were th- talking about um, the club. Right, I was telling you that early story. We went mm-hmm. to see the Cosmos versus NYCFC. Mm-hmm. This is. Was it not this past summer, but the summer before that, and the cosmos won in 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 pks and uh it was just i mean it was, it was unbelievable <laughs> this this is one of the best soccer events i 've ever been to, yeah um and just like the energy there of like the smaller team versus the bigger team I just thought it was fantastic anyway we you know, part of, part of doing this and getting in the NPSL, like the NPSL, what are there, 80, 82 teams, and I believe there's 15 or 16 slots, U.S. Open Cup slots allocated to those teams mm-hmm. depending on the performance of, you know, NPSL clubs in their respective conferences. Um, and so one of the goals that we laid out, you know, for early in, um, you know, I laid this out in the first blog post, was like, I would love for our squad to qualify for the Open, Open Cup within the first five years, okay. or within the next five years, I should say. Um, and we, you know, we didn't even get close this time around. Right? We got to finish not only the top in our North Atlantic Conference, but mm-hmm. um, in the Northeast, we have to finish as one of the top two teams. And yeah. like we're in the league with the Cosmos B and with Boston City FC. And these are, I mean, these are teams that gave us a lot of problems and yeah. a very you know, heavy challenge this year. Um, but that, but that's what we're shooting for. And you know, we might get into the Open Cup, and we may never like we might get to play one game, and that's it, and we get knocked out. But just the idea of like oh my gosh, we started a club in the Hudson Valley where it didn't exist, where people didn't think there were good enough players to even put a team together. And not only did we do did we did it, but we, we were able to qualify for the cup and you know, we, we, we played our best. And win or lose, like, that, would, that would be a fantastic moment. I get, I cool. get super, I get like <laughs> adrenaline running through me even just thinking about is that something we'll be able to do? And yeah. a- after this season and seeing how hard it is and how you know the level of play in this league, like I'm like, oh, gosh, I, I hope we can do it in five years. Maybe it's ten. Maybe we have <laughs> to adjust that. I don't know. But um, you know, that is one of the things. That's one of the goals that we set, and we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna try to
0: hit it. Nice. Um, I got a few other questions here. I appreciate this. This uh, is, I, I can talk this to this. All, no, all, I can tell you we yeah. here. I mean, have you talked to anyone from U S soccer? The, the president of U S soccer is here in New York. Sunil Gulati. Uh, I got your <laughs> plans,
1: your dreams. No, not yet. I still think like, we're flying pretty under the radar with a lot mm-hmm. of this stuff. And it's still, it's still kind of the, the crazy, I think we're still in like the, Oh, it's, this is the small D4 club making some noise in the Hudson Valley. Um, and you know, it, it might be on people's radars, but it's not it's not a it's not a real thing yet. It's not a threat. I you know, I hate to mm. kinda of use that word. But I feel like I've played this game before, like when we started Foursquare, mm. right? We were just this little tech company that no one cared about until we started building these assets, data assets, technology assets, building a team, building a user base. And then you turn into something that other companies have no choice but to you know, respect and, and fear a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it took Foursquare seven years to get to that point. And, you know, we are just, what, 14 months into the stockade story. And so I think we're, you know, we're kind of exactly where we should be. But um, I think the next thing for, for us, like I want to have an amazing next season mm-hmm. and I want to, you know, like we finished um, kind of in the bottom half of the table this year. I'd love to be in the top half of the table so people are like, all right, not only... Do you, you know, do you, are you you organized and effective as a, as a, as, you know, as a club and as an organization, but the team is, the team is amazing. Like the team is as the capability to perform. Um, So that I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also looking forward to working more closely with our league, the other owners in the league uh, and possibly with, you know, with people outside of the league, people in other leagues to try to, to, you know, have this conversation about how, how can we work together? Mm -hmm. Like we think about the... The pro rel stuff all the time, and um, you know the reality of it is like even if someone offer us a chance of promotion, or, or, and this this applies to I think a wide uh, a chunk of the NPSL teams, we'd probably say like no thank you right now yeah. because to get promoted up um, means like even if we were to make it merit based in the, in you know in the USL or or um, you know even say NASL like. Then you're traveling around the country. Like the travel costs would tank us, right? The payroll for the team would tank us. Mm -hmm. Like there's no way to get from the budget that we scrapped by on this year to competing at a at a higher level yet. You know? Uh, It might be that merit-based promotion has to, you know, coming out of the lower levels, has to be an opt-in thing. That there's a handful of teams that say that raise their hand and say, actually, we're willing to take on the financial burden of getting of getting promoted. So put us in the pool of teams. Teams that could be promoted, mm-hmm. um, and then you know if there's a way to figure out like, okay, is there some way for the upper leagues to subsidize that team or some of the cost for the f- you know for the first season or first two seasons, which is you know what you see in the EPL and other leagues? Um, it, does that make it easier? Like, there's just there's so many like moving parts that have to come together and so yeah. many pieces that have to be defined like who pays for what cuz a lot of the stuff is expensive and how are these clubs going to survive if they if they move up like this, none of this stuff is figured out yet so if you'd waved your magic wand and made it happen today the whole thing would probably fall apart but the, you know the, the the idea is you know can you know can you get enough of the clubs to be financially stable enough and hungry enough and can you make promotion be financially um, like enough of a financial reward that you actually mm-hmm. want that and want to invest in it and you feel like you're getting an appropriate reward for actually getting there mm-hmm. I think if you get a lot of those things figured out then you've, like, then you've got a story and a product and then you can start to build some momentum around that
0: it's also worth noting in your first year with Kingston <clears throat> Stockade you did not pay your players right?
1: Yeah, we, we are totally, you know, the NPSL is a semi-pro league. And semi-pro means there's some amateur teams and there's some professional teams. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what the number of professional teams with the payroll is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I would say it's, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's five, maybe it's ten, maybe it's a dozen. Um, we were not one of those, those clubs. We were all volunteer-based. I and mean, we're set up as a, as a nonprofit right now, okay. as a 501c3, um, you know, amateur team. Yeah. Um, what, does that change at some point in the future? Like if we can get this financial model to, uh, to work and then we can start, um, you know, paying some of the players, uh, even a hundred bucks a week, 500 bucks. A week. I mean, these, these are not a million dollar contracts. This right. is, Hey, we're going to make it worth your while to show up and train and work really hard. Um, you know, th- that's a considerable expense to the club. We've got to figure out a way to pay for that before we end up doing that. But that's, you know, in the five or 10 year roadmap for, you know, for Kingston Stockade, that's, that's part of it. Figure out how, to, how, to, how the club can throw off more revenue and then use that to invest it back in the club.
0: So when does the next season start for you? And what are you hoping for in, in that season?
1: Yeah, uh, great questions. Uh, so the next we have a long offseason. Um, our season this last year ran from it ran May, June, July, and the playoffs were late July into August. So it was a, it was a short season. We played 16 matches. Um, next season starts next May. Okay. Um, and so, um, you know, the thing that we're looking forward to is, well, we're going to hold another round of tryouts as much more awareness for the club. I think we'll have, I think we'll have a ton of people show up at tryouts. I think we'll have, um, um, I'm hoping a, a big chunk of the squad comes back. Um, and I expect them to, cause they're, they're all fired up about this. Uh, we'll be in the same stadium. Um, hoping that, you know, the club can, um, pull in a, additional sponsorship revenue. I'm hoping to see uh, crowds of you know get over a thousand fans per game mm-hmm. uh, and i'm hoping that our performance on the field is um you know if not as good but much you know better than last i'd love to get to a to a um, uh, to a 500 season okay you know, we were we we're what five, uh, five eight and three this season mm-hmm. uh and so i'd love to um you know i'd love to get more wins than losses or at least get that a little bit closer
0: well is there anything else that would be good to discuss about your your ongoing story here dennis
1: and you know this is um, it'd be fun to kind of check in uh, and do this do this again maybe yeah. next year right? Because there's it's it's so like it, I get so many emails from people and some of them are owners and in, in our league or in other leagues and they're saying like thank you for publishing the numbers it helps me see you know what the opportunity is for revenue for merchandise revenue Mm -hmm. and it helps us have confidence that like we're in line with where you are you know there's smaller clubs that are clubs that don't even exist yet that are like this is the blueprint that we're going to use to get off off the ground and then there's you know there's other teams that are like hey you guys seem like you're pretty organized uh let's talk about bigger things besides just what does next season look Mm -hmm. like uh and that's like that's a that's a lot of fun so i don't I don't know where this goes. You know, I have an idea of what we want to do in terms of we wanna have a better next season, we wanna have more fans, and we wanna sell more merchandise and someday we'll qualify for the open cup. Like that's predictable stuff. Mm-hmm. Any any owner or any fan will, will tell you tell you that. But um, like what can this club do to change the structure of the pyramid and the strength of the lower levels over five or ten years? You know, if, if I had this conversation with you a year ago, you'd be like, "This is crazy! Like, you're running a club in you know, th- two hours outside of New York. How can you possibly affect change?" But now people are like, "You guys are doing something amazing. Keep doing it. Keep talking about it. Like, something good's happening here." What what is this something good? I'm not really sure. You know, ask me in a year, and we'll have a, some more insight to it. But like, you can tell that there's some great energy around what we're doing, and we're just excited to, you know, excited to keep pushing it forward. And we're excited and honored to have all the support from you know, fans, not just, you know, in the New York area and the Hudson Valley, but I mean, we have fans all over the country and we sold a bunch of t-shirts and, you know, in, in, in Europe and Japan. Right. So like, what, what, what does that, what does that mean? I don't know. Like, let's, let's see where it goes.
0: Very cool. Well, congratulations on what you've done. Dennis Crowley, uh, good luck in the future and we'll come back in a while and do another podcast and update people but for right now that's all open source basically on yeah. on the web
1: yeah we, we, we you know the first article we, we kind of joked it was like startup soccer and then people were like no that's a cool thing and it's like alright well this is kind of open source soccer this is every piece of data um, that we have it's up on um uh, the URL is really long. How do I give the URL out? It's on Medium. So mm-hmm. it's medium.com. And then my username is Dens, D-E-N-S. So you can mm-hmm. probably find it there. So medium.com slash at sign Dens. This is the first time I've ever read this URL. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. Um, but take a look. Maybe you can put it in the description for the... I think we'll do that. Okay, we'll, yeah. we'll
0: put a link there. And, and also, too, I think if you Google Dennis Crowley, Kingston Stockade, That's another there's a very good it. chance that it'll come up. uh,
1: hopefully if you google how do i start a soccer club from scratch the post comes because that's that's what we wanted to do but this is that that we wanted to be the instruction manual for it so hopefully that's working dennis crowley thanks for talking to the podcast hey thanks for having me it was a lot of fun